Welcome back to the Black Techies Podcast, where black culture meets the world of technology. I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Pakistilla. Follow me on Twitter, at Pakistilla, or trying to get into the streaming game, follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pakistilla, or facebook.com slash Pakistilla Gaming. I'm going to stream on both of them. I've already streamed uh, Black Ops, Cold War, the beta. It's pretty good. We can talk about it later. In fact, we might be able to talk about it on here. It ain't like, it ain't like Apple did anything. So, uh <laughs> But uh, but yeah, follow me on there. But this is the Black Techies podcast, so follow the Black Techies on Twitter at the Black Techies and Facebook.com slash the Black Techies podcast. I'm joined once again by Herb and Dominique and Leslie, our unofficial but official new member of the, <laughs> of the Black Techies. Uh, Yo! <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Getting the cut. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Uh, how you all, you know, it's been, it's been kind of crazy. We almost there. The election's almost there. Like it's almost over maybe, but, uh, you all, you all been, been voting. You all been, uh, just not even just that you all, you all been doing well over there. Staying safe. I work on the front lines every day for COVID. So that's what I get to see a little bit every day. So we're making progress, but every step we take forward, like almost three steps back. So I'm hoping the election changes a few things on that end. All well, right. Uh, go ahead, Dom. You good? Go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I, nothing's really changed that much for me since the last time we were together. I uh, just, every day I wake up knowing that we're closer and closer. Now, I don't know if that's one month or really technically three months. <laughs> <laughs> or if that's four years and three months, but whatever it is, we are closer to it almost being over. That's the only <laughs> thing I can rest on. That's all I got. Um, things have been good with me. Um, you know, I, I contract, you know, for the man, along with, uh, you know, our, 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 you know, our leader, Dave, you know, who works directly for the man. Look, man, I, you know, I, you know <laughs> um, I, I, I am a, 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 a technology reporter for TechSpot.com. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah that, matter of fact, thank you, Dave, for that segue, because I was going get to get this plug out real quick, this non-technology-related plug. Um, those of you that uh, have followed me lately know that I'm also a college basketball contributor for Fansided's Busting Brackets platform. I wanted to extend and a hearty thank you uh, to the folks that run the HBCU Elite 1500 basketball camp. Um, I got a chance to interview those guys, and, and they are doing an awesome job in terms of being able to bring a lot of HBCU talent to the forefront for you know for college basketball at the Division One and Division Two levels. Um, uh, look look for a story uh, coming for those guys here in short order. Um, also look for the MEAC. 2020-2021 preview uh, for the college basketball season. That's coming up as well. And um, final note, shout out to John Cash, who was a previous host, well, previous guest, rather, excuse me, on our podcast. And um, looks like everything that he was, we were talking about has kind of come to fruition. The MEAC Esports League is going strong. Um, they're in the middle of their first season. Uh, if you want, if you're a fan, if you're a student, if you're an alumni, Go check them out at MEACESports.com. Their season is still open. I think the first season is still going until the end of December. Sign up. It's awesome. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good stuff. It's good stuff that's going on, and the swag is, is to follow suit. So the, the esports footprint for HBCUs is growing, and, you know, we're here for it. And thank you. Yeah, yeah. If you want to watch all of that or listen uh, we did a two-part series, HBCU and eSports, so go ahead and check that out if you want to want to hear uh, Mr. Cash's views on, on eSports and what they're doing down there at uh, Johnson C. Smith and really around the HBCU landscape, like uh, like Herb was saying. Like, it's, it's, it's getting serious. It's getting serious. And, like, like, right now during COVID, when all we have to do is play video games, look, let's do it. Sure. <laughs> But uh, that's part of the reason why I'm doing this stream and stuff now anyway. <laughs> I'm at home. What else am I going to do? So I might as well. <laughs> but uh, all right. So 
uh, you all see the title of the episode. We're talking about Apple and the iPhone 12, which technically is really the iPhone 11 S, but let's not get into that. They're not doing the S S series anymore. Now, now it's just full numbered, uh, sequels or whatever. So, um, just as a, as a recap, you know, iPhone or iPhone, iPhone Apple introduced, actually they introduced two things, technically the, um, the HomePod mini and the iPhone 12. And it's like variants, <laughs> pro variants or whatever. So I will say the HomePod Mini, I think, is absolutely looks pretty pretty cool. At least compared to all, all the others, all the other ones out there. Uh, as you can tell, it's a mini version <laughs> of their HomePod. Um, which uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Um, did you all have any thoughts on the HomePod Mini, or did you all did you all watch it? Watch the uh, <laughs> did you all watch the Apple's event? <laughs> Yeah. Or did you just kind of pick it up later on? Yeah, I... <laughs> I watched. Oh, I, watched you, yeah, I was like, I'm the Apple guy, so uh, yeah. Uh, I, watched I, I watched Apple's event. Oh, go, go ahead, Dom. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I, I watched. I went. <clears throat> I watched the event. I what, Apple was really good at getting me to drink the Kool Aid, and so I'm like, if, <laughs> if they would release their products the very same day they would have so much more money for me than they're going to have. Because that day, after I watched the HomePod Mini on there, I was like, man, I got to have like five of them around the house. That would be awesome. I can just walk up with my phone and be like, ah. But I watched uh, MKBHD. I watched him do a breakdown on it, and then he kind of brought me back to reality. It's like, it's still a, it's still, you're still, you're basically saying, I want to, I want a Siri in my house. And Siri's the worst assistant of all of the assistants. Siri is absolutely the worst assistant. She doesn't speak English very well, uh, which is kind of important in an English-speaking home. The, this thing doesn't have a screen still. Uh, it's a little, little bit of a touchpad, a little touch interaction, but <clears throat> I got a buddy uh, that has a Google, a smart Google home, and he's got like these Google shows all over the place, and if you ever in a situation where you want to watch a YouTube video or look at a recipe or whatever, you tell Google to do it, and Google's gonna do it. And Google still Google does assist it very well. So at first, I was like, "Yeah, but yeah, the quality of the audio is gonna be good because of the computational audio." Allegedly, nobody's heard the thing that doesn't work for Apple now because of Corona. They couldn't get it hands on after the event. So I, I'm, I mean, the HomePod Mini. I, it's a very niche group of people. I never saw. I still haven't seen anybody. You got to be a. You got to be an Apple, Apple, Apple dude to to spend three fifty or three ninety nine on a on a speaker that don't get don't don't have a screen and then, and that's just got Siri on it. So you know, <laughs> yeah, bro, those uh, them cats that spend that type of scratch on that wear white cloaks with a big A on it for Apple. You know, nah. and they walk around. But uh, yeah, I, I I saw it and. Like Dom said on the HomePod Mini, man, I just, I mean, it would be, it would be, it wouldn't be that bad of a thing if Siri wasn't so AI challenged to begin with. I mean, Siri has problems just, just interpreting basic English, period. I mean, I mean, you say something to Siri, and half the time you, you're ready to, you know, give Siri some expletives because Siri don't understand what you're doing. So... <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll give you an example. I was asking Siri the other day. I wanted her to tell me what originalism is because they've been talking about this a lot with Amy Coney Barrett. I don't know what originalism is, and I still don't because I asked Siri and said, "Hey Siri, what's originalism?" <laughs> and Siri pulled up regionalism, and I guess, that's a, I guess that's a fairly like it's not like she pulled up what is Saskatchewan, but that's not what I said, Siri. Like, and I speak. I el I'm eloquent. I enunciate. I naturally. I didn't say. I said was really little. Okay, get out of that. You, know, you do the best you can with that. I said, hey, Siri, what is originalism? What is regionalism? Regionalism? No, we not. No, we not gonna do that. Yeah. I mean, the other stuff that I saw. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be frank. You know, it's. It, I mean, Hi, Frank, the I'm not, it's not something. That some it's not something that Apple did to be groundbreaking. I mean, in other words, it's technology that we've already seen, maybe with the 
exception of the lidar and you know the lidar integration for the photo you know for their photography um it's not something that we you know in other words apple in, in order for to get something outside of their niche component of, of customers you want to do some groundbreaking technology wise and there's nothing there was nothing in there that convinced me to you know jump ship from my pixel or jump ship from you know from the Samsung products that are out there to go back to Team Apple, you know, you know unless you're just happy, you know. unless you're just happy with that ecosystem. So, I mean, you you I mean, have to be. I mean, it seems like a lot of the stuff they're coming out with now is is more so for people. Like, if you're already in the ecosystem, then it, it kind of makes sense to get a HomePod. Kind of. Now, I will say one thing I do like about the HomePod Mini that I don't think you can do with the the Google or Amazon products is that like. If you send out a broadcast, it'll send it out to everyone, regardless of where they are. Like, they could be outside of the house, and they'll still get the broadcast. I thought that was kind of cool. You, I don't think you, you can do broadcasts on a. Is that a sneeze. Bless you. Bless you, bro. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I got some allergies. Allergies, or uh, might want to go get tested there. Nashville is the worst city on the planet for allergies. I never have allergies, man. It's so bad. I didn't get allergies until I moved to Virginia, so I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it seems like um, like if you're not already in the ecosystem, it doesn't really make sense like to get a HomePod because like if you have a Roku and uh, an Android phone and a Windows computer, where'd you get a HomePod? Like <laughs> it's, it doesn't it doesn't really mesh well. Yeah, I mean, well, and I Apple think, doesn't make I, stuff I, to match. They make stuff to get you no. off the off your other inferior stuff off the <laughs> superior platform. They want to bring you into the. They want to bring you into their beautiful walled garden, and the the thing is, it is a beautiful garden, and you're stuck in it when you're there. But it's real pretty while you're there. Like the fact that I know that this home pie works. If Google were to release a product, Gen One. Ah, you know, ah, I, I mean, the the uh, Google Home Mini was the first gen product, and they worked pretty well. Man, I have one. I have two of them. That's not the same. You see, you see Marvin the Martian back here. He's not putting <laughs> up with, with Apple shenanigans. <laughs> well, I mean, my whole opinion on the whole thing is okay. Apple was trying to bring people back because one, they dropped their prices immensely from what they did. The only thing they dropped their prices, so they're trying to get. They're, they're trying to get more people to come back because the prices are better. You're looking for Apple people unless you want just one, the name brand, so now the price is a little bit cheaper to get. Two, you get a better camera. Now you have a very fancy digital camera that can make phone calls every now and again. And they change the technology, so now if you're on 5G, that's great, but if you're somewhere where you can't get it, it's automatically going to shift back and forth between LTE and 5G. I don't see that working too well in the middle of phone calls. That's gonna be a major. Well, five G is not a five G is not a phone tech, so I don't think it'll even activate during the phone call. Uh, I think it's mostly for, and I say it's not just gonna drop off when five G is not available. It's not gonna use it when you don't need it. So the phone's no, gonna I'm... determine when you need the when you need the speed. So probably if you're streaming or uh, doing something internet related, it'll kick on the 5G if you're in a 5G area. So there's like four four city blocks in the whole country that have 5G. Right. So if you're in one of them four city blocks, cool. Other than that, it's just a, it's just a regular phone. Yeah. Right. So, 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 and, so, and it, it's sad that they're trying to push it so much because if you watch the presentation, the thing they kept screaming is like, 5G. 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 Excuse me. We're late to the 5G party. And Samsung had a 5G phone in 2010. Samsung put a 5G phone out in 2010. Talking about some 5G will be here later. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I'm saying that <laughs> Apple, Apple, Apple definitely, Apple definitely waited until 5G actually existed before they put the 5G phone out. And I think that the idea behind that is most people keep their iPhones for a long time. Apple I, iPhones are supported for a long time, and they work 
and will still be better than most Androids for a long time. And I say better, I just mean spec-wise, not user experience. Y'all like Androids, that's cool. You put a benchmarking test on an iPhone, an iPhone 7 right now, maybe an iPhone 8 right now, and it'll smoke every Android on the, on the market. That's just, I didn't believe it until I saw it either. But it just is what it is. Apple makes their own chips, and all of Google is relegated to whatever Exynos or uh, <laughs> whatever Exynos chip or Snapdragon chip is available at the time. And so, if you you know y'all call it what you want to call it, Apple smoking out here, smoking. It ain't even close. So here's the thing. Here's the. It almost seems like. Let me just let me just add some real quick before David started. Apple is the Joe Isuzu of the of the mobile phone world. The Joe Isuzu. Wow. <laughs> because man, Apple sells a specific package, and they try to sell you on on them being so forward thinking. And I mean, they have the audience to eat it up. Obviously, they have the niche to eat it up. But people outside of that Apple bubble are side eyeing it always. They're and it's like, yeah, we already see that. <laughs> We see that in other things. And that's not that's not necessarily a knock on Apple because Apple knows that they have a core fan base that they can pretty much package whatever they want, however they want it, and they're going to buy it, period. So sometimes we, you know, when folks that are outside of that whole Apple ecosystem listen to the positives of Apple, you know, we can't help but, like, look at our phones but like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's gonna if that flies. I mean, to I mean to, to to kind of follow on to that, like so I was watching it right, and like my my wife, she was like just diehard Apple. Like she would even play around and be like, <laughs> uh, you know, she would she would fake like she's like an Apple devotee or whatever, like a religious fanatic or something. She was like the Apple is right in everything. I'm like okay, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh but there's so see both you know both uh me and her watched the apple event and she 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 was not she, she was not impressed and she was like she, she she literally said i'm gonna go get a note 20 a galaxy note 20 because <laughs> because i mean it really was almost like an s year like the, yeah the camera is a little bit better the the a14 bionic chip is better of course it's going to be better but there's no real reason to upgrade to like, like there's no real reason to get one right? <laughs> like there, there's no compelling every reason every year well, it depends because now like all right the 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 galaxy z fold 5g right that's a little and, and, and the and the uh the surface duo well yeah and the surface duo like those are different kinds of form factors that might have an, a tangible that might actually change how you use the phone. If you get an iPhone 12, it's not going to change how you use it. In fact, you so might even you might not even really now, see the Android difference. People? Is that the bar we're setting now, Android people? Because that phone is two thousand dollars and it breaks a lot. Not the new one. <laughs> it's also it's also a, a, an early in the early stages of folding it phones. It is in the early stages. So in, well, one day you might be right about that, but right now. In the year of our Lord, 2020, uh, that phone is not the reason that that's not the that's not the game changer that anybody thought it might be. Uh, it's still there's a lot of problems with that phone. Uh, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to use it. But that's what happened when the first iPhone came out. <laughs> like, like when they had those, when that when the software keyboard came out, everyone was still used to a uh, hardware keyboard, like the BlackBerry and stuff. And then when the iPhone came out, they were like, "We can't use this." And now, but now, twenty twenty, everybody got software keyboards. Now <laughs> we're all used to it. <laughs> and, and look, I, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna arbitrarily just crap on iPhone just to crap on it. iPhone, to their credit, they they put together a product that appeals to their audience. And that's, you know, that's what you want. You know, I mean, they prided themselves on ease of use, convenience, and, you know, comfort in terms of their operating systems and in terms of their aesthetic. But, but if you're looking at the bar in terms of whether that aesthetic equates to customers outside of that ecosystem wanting something new, nah. I mean, I mean, folks that I've, folks that don't necessarily, you know, you know, 
settle with the iPhone aesthetic or that ecosystem. Yeah, Android, you know, falls in their face sometimes when they push the envelope in terms of their shoot of their uh, phone design, but they appreciate the fact that Pete, they do. When was the last time Apple had something innovative in their phones? Um, the, the X with the Face ID that was innovative, and it works. Face with the Face ID. Yeah, Face ID was a game changer. Okay, that's one. Out of <laughs> how many years? <laughs> I mean, it's been three years now. It's been three, maybe four years now since that's been a thing. <laughs> but listen, hold on. You're you're comparing. You're essentially comparing, um, like get- you're comparing Apple versus the field, right? Guess- because it's not like you're saying how many innovations has Samsung done or how many innovations has LG done or how many innovations has Huawei done. You're saying how many in- how many innovations have the whole other the old ninety nine percent of the rest of people that make phones against Apple. And if you really look at it, there are some innovations that maybe aren't as innovative sounding as the, the uh, Android people make them seem to be. But um, uh, LiDAR is a big deal. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'll, uh, and I'll be, I'll be the first one, hold on, I'll be the first one to tell you that, you know, and I, I kind of said this at the outset of the segment, LiDAR was a very, very good integration in terms of, you know, their service for their phone. I think that's pretty, I think it was pretty awesome. I guess the point I'm getting to is that from a software perspective, they've always had this problem. And that's not, that's not a, a phone versus phone deal. It's Apple. <coughs> no, you're right about that. Apple makes bad software. Apple's not good at software. They haven't been good yeah. at software in that, 10 years. That's, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I'm not necessarily, you know, arbitrarily crapping on iPhone and the, uh, iPhone and the ecosystem. I'm not doing that. Their, their ecosystem, see, there you go. Their ecosystem is, you know, built for a specific customer. Simplicity. It's built for simplicity and ease of use and 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 keeping you in the garden. And it works for that. Like it really like that. Like I I was an Android guy, so it's not like I'm I'm like a, a, part, a member of the cult of Apple. I'm not. Um, but as I find myself using my phone less and less for showing people cool stuff that it does and more and more just like talking to my daughter (laughs) and like, um, like just talking, I find myself, uh, like I don't care about launchers and customization. I care about that. When I hit dial, I can dial from my phone. I can dial from my, uh, iPad. I can my AirPods know what I'm trying to talk on. Um, the see the the transition between the two is seamless. Uh, it is a noticeably different experience using a tablet than it is on the phone. Um, it's just you know, like it, there's a diff- like it, it. I feel a difference, and it's not like I'm not saying one is better than the other because who cares, right? Everybody got to use what's best for them, but uh, it's different. The, I will it, say it, it, I, I, I started off with just the iPad, and I was like, I just got the iPad because there's some games on there that I didn't, that I wouldn't use, that I couldn't get to on the Android. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, let me get the phone, see how the phone works. And I get the phone, see how the phone works. I'm like, yo, man, this is easy. I didn't have to tell it to 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 know where my tablet was. It just know where my tablet is. Like, I don't know. I think I think that uh, to be fair, I mean, I had an iPhone for. It was since 2012 to uh, 20 till last year, 2019. Uh, so, um, you know, and you know, I, I like to I like to make fun of my my the Apple folks, but to be perfectly honest, I mean, when I had an iPhone, it was it was it was really good. And a lot of the apps, like when you compare apps on Android and and an iPhone, they tend to work. A little bit better on the iPhone than they do on Android. Case in point, there's an app I use called QuadPay. It, it allows you to make purchases and like spread it out over like four four payments, right? And so, um, but you can't use it in store with on Android. You can use Apple Pay on an iPhone, but you can't use Google Pay. Uh, you can't use it with Google Pay and it, it, or Samsung. Well, oh yeah, or Samsung Pay. So it's like, why is it that I have this functionality on? iPhone, but I don't have the same functionality on Google, even though it's literally the same kind of technology with NFC. But um, but some apps do work, or there are some features that are on 
you know, iOS apps that are that aren't on Android. So you kind of get a better and a more uh, consistent experience on iPhone versus Android. So I mean, I think, and to be perfectly honest, like 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 Dominique said, like whatever your preference is, just just go with it. If you prefer to be able to customize your phone on all of this stuff and load however many stuff you want on it, just get an Android phone. If you prefer the simplicity of the iPhone and the stability and longevity, like he said, you can get. Uh, if you have an iPhone 5, 6S, you can still download iOS 14, right? So, uh, like, you you have that support. Um, but I don't know. I, I Before before I go on, uh, we kind of, I won't say we left her out, but Leslie, I know, I know, you, I know you, you're, you're, you're an Android, Android gal, but uh, yeah. is, there, is there anything that Apple could do to convince you to switch over? Phone-wise, no. <laughs> never really been an iPhone person at all. Never, not since day one, not since the first iPhone. There's nothing about an iPhone that appeals to me that I would really want to switch over. There's the, like everybody around me, everybody I work with has iPhones. They're like, hey, do you have, do you want to FaceTime? I'm like, nope, can't FaceTime. Don't have an iPhone. <laughs> don't you want an iPhone? Nope, I don't. I, I like what I like. I like Androids only because I'm a developer. I love developing apps. It's easier for me to test stuff on Android. It's easier for me to work that way. If I want to test something on an Apple product, I literally have to spin up a VM to do it. And I feel like even then, I still don't get... Like, I would buy an Apple product not to use, but the test purposes only. My dad just got an iPad because he got it for free from Sprint. And he's like, I like it, but I have no clue what to do with it. <laughs> and he's like... I used to work at Sprint. Tell him it wasn't free. No, don't tell him. Let him still think. (laughs) No, this one was actually free because they screwed up something major. We've been with Sprint since 2001, and they screwed up something major on the bill. So in the in the numbers game and aspect of it all, it was it was. Tell him tell him to cancel Sprint and see don't they hit him for the whole 350. Or whatever that tablet. <laughs> oh, that, that's gonna be tablets of four hundred. Trust me, I looked at all the background. I used to work for Sprint too. I'm not dealing oh, okay. any of that craziness. So I knew about the 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 fine print. But um, on a, on a side I, note, if, if I had to get an Apple product, I would want a MacBook Pro only because of processing power. That's about it. Even then, like even then. Yeah. I, I don't see. I, I can understand why someone would pick an iPhone or an Android phone. There are legitimate benefits and advantages that you have with an iPhone or an Android phone. But when it comes to Mac OS versus Windows, I don't know, man. I don't I don't see a compelling reason unless you want to stay in the ecosystem and unless you use like Mac specific apps like Final Cut Pro or something or Logic or something like that. Unless you unless that's your use case and that's the use case. To be fair, like if you use Premiere Pro or uh, Blender or uh, like any 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 app that's multi-platform, I don't see why you would want to go with Windows because you have access to I don't know it's you have you have access to more power that for one more graphical power with Windows than you do with a Mac. And even if you try to get the same amount of power on a Mac, it would cost you like ten thousand dollars. Literally. Literally cost you ten thousand dollars. So yeah. I know. I'm not even kidding. It would cost that much to get that to get more power on a Mac Pro. <laughs> you will never see me with a MacBook. Yeah. And let me like, just that's silly to me. The MacBook is silly to me, but that's because I'm a gamer. If I was a creative, I might consider uh, Oh no, my gaming PC is yeah. My gaming let computer me, is a PC. Let me just say okay, this. go ahead. Herb. As a as a IT you know professional that's in that that does engineering and, and software administration, you know enterprise administration rather iOS sucks. In terms, of, in, in, terms of, in terms of integrating with other operating systems and playing nicely with everything else, it sucks. It sucks with email. It sucks with file. It sucks with file. You know, file structure and location. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Wasn't made for none of that. You know what it was made for? Well, and, it was and made well, for you that's to be the flowy. thing. It was made for you to be but that's the, with the, you see this right here. 
This means the dark queen. <laughs> this means I'm that's the but see that's the thing. You know, flyness in in, in business don't you know that those aspects don't functionality does. And that's Agreed. kind of that's that's kind of what you know as you know from a techno as from an IT professional aspect. Look, you I, know I'll be first to tell you. Is, you know how cold iPhone is? iPhone's so cold that they making y'all figure out a way. They making y'all figure out a way. <laughs> Not on this end. No, well, you, you work for the government. If you work for the CEO of, of such and such, and he want to use an iPhone, and you the IT administrator for, I want to use an iPhone, man, guess what you're going to figure out? Well, I'm going to figure out how to get that man an iPhone. Haven't worked have work for both. Because you know my my duties for UNCF prior to going back to contracting for the feds, I was tasked with that very thing. You know, they were like, "Okay, what's more cost effective for us? Integrating everything with iPhone and iOS, or going to the cloud with Office 365?" And Office 365, because a lot of the products that we already had integrated seamlessly with it. So. Yeah, you can say that for some private entities, depending on who you're talking about. But from a business perspective in terms of larger entities, hospitals, state and federal government, you're not going to see that. Now, that's not to say that iOS and those laptop platforms like MacBook Pro, MacBooks don't have their place because in really specialized functions and situations, they work extremely well. Like for photo, for video production, for web development, those things are, they are great platforms. Overpriced, but great. But in terms of just, and I'm like I said, I'm speaking from my own experience because, I mean, I don't know how many times I just wanted to do, you know, a swift round kick to a to a user that wanted to integrate an i, you know, an iOS product into my network or into my <laughs> enterprise environment, and I had to say, look. Um, we have all of these tools here. Why do you want to integrate your? Why do you want us to do this? And you know, other than the fact that I'm comfortable with it, I, I, I get it. But at some point, that becomes a detriment, particularly if you know you're using, you're looking for efficiency and being able to actually be productive in that environment. Now, in regular, you know. Non-work situations, absolutely. I don't have, you know, I, you know, people are going to love what they love. But speaking from a business perspective, or from, you know, a perspective in terms of integration with other products, nah, nah, so that. Yeah, it's been. I, I'm <laughs> having having also worked in the in the IT space, trying to integrate like Apple products in a, in an enterprise it, it also depends on maybe where you work in the like in the private sector it might be a little bit easier but like with the yeah. government it's almost impossible because one thing with apple you know they like control they want to be able they still want to be able they still want things to go back to their server so like enterprise apps that you create right you can create an enterprise app store but they still have to follow the same guidelines as the regular app store i think but um and like when you work for some certain agencies, you can't do that. Like you can't. <laughs> certain government governmental agencies, they, you you're so locked down that you're not able to accommodate Apple, you know, and their and their uh, enterprise demand. So you're just stuck with Android and Windows because it's just easier. <laughs> you don't you don't have any of those restrictions. I mean, I understand why Apple wants to keep a consistent experience, regardless of whether or not it's consumer. Or enterprise, but it just doesn't work the way work the same way, um, particularly because, like, you know, when, when in enterprise, you know, you set up like there are like mobile mobile device managers that you can use to kind of set up policies and stuff like that. But you still can't get as nitty gritty on iOS as you can with Windows and Android. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's been a while since I've done that. Maybe some things have changed, and I know Apple is trying to get you know they're trying to be a little bit more business friendly because like like in the united states most people have iphones like more people have iphones in the united states than android phones so because of that businesses are going to have to accommodate that right yeah uh so now i will say 
just to kind of piggyback off of what Dave just laid out. Now, I will say that there are third-party applications that have kind of, you know, made their windfall on try on that problem between Apple, iOS, and integration into enterprises. Um, good example of it is BlackBerry. BlackBerry, you know, aren't, isn't doing any hard, isn't doing hardware, you know, really isn't prominent in hardware anymore. But what they are doing is integration, email integration for iOS to Windows enterprises. And you know, for example, my work phone, you know, is a is an um, is an Apple. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a 11 and BlackBerry, you know, bridges the gulf, but you have to have that BlackBerry. You're not going to, you're not going to bridge the gulf into a, you know, into a government server without that application. So <clears throat> that sort of stuff, I mean, there are solutions, you know, it's pain for administrators <laughs> like me, but it, you know, there are, there are solutions there. Um, I think, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, don't really construe this as the Hatfields versus McCoys playing out on a podcast. You know, we all have different, differing opinions on Android and iOS. Dom is an absolute fan of, of Apple iOS. You know, Leslie, me, and Dave are, you know, Android folk, you know, but at the end of the day, it's about what you guys like. And, and you know what your what your user experiences, what you're comfortable with in terms of your user experience. Now, I will say in terms of the framework of what we saw at this Apple event, yeah, I mean it was meh to me. You know, simply because you know I look for different things. And for the Apple fan, you know, for the folks that are in the Apple ecosystem, it may have been you know it may have been great. You know, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, but so I I will say just about the event in itself, like the event, how the the whole digital virtual event, and also uh, like what they've done in the past when they when they introduced uh you know when they had their their virtual WWDC, their presentation is like top notch. Like no one is beating Apple when it comes to like their virtual events and how they present things virtually and digitally, you know, in this, you know, our current situation. Like I saw I saw Google's event when they introduced the um the uh the new pixels and stuff like that. It it, it was okay, but it wasn't nearly as slick <laughs> as Apple's event. Uh I mean I think the iPhone event itself was kind of it was it was kind of boring to be perfectly honest, but because uh, it wasn't I don't know I guess I didn't really see anything that I mean I didn't I guess it didn't overwhelm me. That said, that said, I would kind of I kind of want to ask you all: Was there anything about the new iPhones that you did like? Like some aspect of the new iPhones that you liked? For me personally, it was the design. They went back to like the iPhone five us kind of like squared off shape, which I personally think is the best version of the iPhone. So I'm really, I'm really happy they went back to that. I think that's the, the best, like, best ever. For me, it was the LiDAR, it was the LiDAR integration. I, I mean, I think that was, to me, the most innovative thing that came from the entire presentation with the phone. Because LiDAR in itself, when you combine it with photography, it really gives a lot of flexibility to people taking pictures. That the, that may not have been there, you know, in prior editions of the iPhone. That to me was the most the most innovative thing that they did. And I mean, it, lidar is not an easy technology to integrate. So it's that's something that I'm really eager to see how that plays out in the wild, you know. But the fact that they they had enough foresight to really do that, um, bless you, man, bless you. Um, they had a, uh, you know, they had that type of foresight to integrate that technology into into this edition of phones is is good stuff. Yeah. Did uh, any any other? Oh, actually, uh, Leslie, did you? Were there? I mean, I know. <laughs> is there anything about the newer iPhones that you like? I don't know. <laughs> uh... Or it's like it's just all bad. <laughs> no, I never said it was bad. It's just not for me. I'm not <laughs> swayed by it. like okay, ooh, shiny. 
Uh, I like the fact that they did integrate a wider screen for people who do like iPhones. I mean, the screen's bigger. That's good. Um, I like the LiDAR technology. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but just all the way around, nothing really stood out or impressed me. I'm not saying I'm never going to get one, but it's just like, <laughs> but all the 5G. 5G, that's the future. <laughs> the future is now. It's just nothing that said, you know what? I'm going to go out and get me an iPhone. I'm like, now, even if I was on the fence about it, the fact that the prices dropped, that might be a bonus. Plus, with the mini option, it's an more. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the iPhone mini. <laughs> yeah, the, right. the mini option is a more affordable price range. So that's, that's a yay. But. So- so like real quick, real quick. So when they introduced the iPhone Mini, they had like this big, this big dude with like these large hands. With the iPhone. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what look at the tiny phone in my okay. hand. Okay, yeah. that's that's what we're gonna do. But, okay. Hey, real quick, I, I wanted to get um do a real quick segue before time gets really really short, and talk about. Oh, yeah. about to talk about our our newest entry to the cloud gaming awards, and that is Amazon Luna. Now, yep. Uh, more information came out uh, has come out in the last month and a half or so about its price structure, release date, you know, how it's going to, um, how customers are going to integrate and be able to play on the platform. And I got to say, from the stuff that I've seen on it so far. I think Google. I think Google Stadia is going to have some problems. Seriously. You know. You know. It's actually. It might sound like it's not related to Apple stuff, but it actually is because, if I'm not mistaken, both Amazon and and um and X Cloud, my Microsoft X Cloud, they're going to be they're going to use in order to run it on 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 iOS devices because you can't do it right now. They're going to use the browser. <laughs> so they're going to use the browser to kind of get around Apple's restrictions. Um. Which I'm pretty sure Stadia is going to, is going to do the same thing, but uh, I mean, it did, actually, this is a whole other podcast whether or not Stadia can kind of keep up because Luna is going to be the same. I think it's the same kind of uh, uh, business model as XCloud, XCloud, where like there's a a bunch of games you can play, kind of like Netflix or whatever. Right, and it's going to be you know it's going to be one set. It's going to be one set tier of pricing per month for. Right. for you know, for, for those games. And I think, and, and this is a kind of more of a, of a commentary on Google Stadia, because those of you guys that have been following this podcast knew that I was really excited about Google Stadia when it first dropped. I thought it was going to be a game changer in t- terms of how people, how casual gamers can get into gaming. And at every opportunity, I've kind of dropped the ball in terms of access and pricing, not necessarily from technical issues, but in terms of how they price their product, it's crazy because it's like, okay, well, you might hop on the platform. If you're a pro, if you have pro membership, you may have access to discounts, but you're still paying full price for games. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you're paying a monthly price, you know, a monthly stipend to be able to, you know, have access to discounts on games. Not necessarily have just free games, but discounts on games that you are still purchasing for full price. So, yeah, Xbox, the Xbox model, and what Google, what not what Google, but what uh, Amazon Luna are probably going to end up doing, you know, it's going to put pressure on Google to be able to keep up and to offer a more affordable alternative to folks that are playing. And I think what. Whatever, what other, whatever technical advances that Google has made in terms of making the platform more playable, you know, the pricing still, the pricing structure still threatens all of that. And on top of that, we still haven't seen a lot of third-party um, productivity in terms of games, in terms of studio. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Luna drops, and we see what games because I think there there's already a listing of what games are going to be available on, on upon release. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in terms of that, that competition because right now those guys are going to be competing for the same niche of 
gamer as xCloud. I'm not necessarily for GeForce now because they're, you know, those are PC gamers and they're their own niche themselves. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how how that hap- you know, where that goes, you know, once they once they once this hits the market. So you guys, have you guys uh, seen any of the any of the specs or releases of game or games in the lineup? Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, I was just saying not yet. But... You mean for you mean for Luna? Yeah. Um, I I, I would need I need to look it up. Um, I haven't gotten. I know Stadia is you know is coming out with a bunch of games, but you know, uh, when you bring up like the like the 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 market for you know for game streaming, I wonder. Now we all know part of the reason why Apple isn't allowing. You know the the streaming services on their platform is because they have Apple Arcade, and so they want people to subscribe to Apple Arcade and play all those games, which is which is fine. I, honestly, I kind of I kind of prefer that because then you don't get any in-app purchases or uh, all that kind of stuff. But you know, all right, which one? Wh- which would you rather play? Would you rather play? Uh, I don't know some random like mobile game. Or would you rather play Red Dead Redemption Two on your phone? Like I, you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's that it's that you have a choice of playing a more a, a smaller, more focused, I guess, mobile game, or you can try to play larger console AAA kind of games um, on your phone instead. And I don't think Apple wants to lose that that uh, recurring revenue from Apple Arcade. Which is kind of ironic because Google also has their own version called Google Play Pass, but they have Stadia. So also, so it's like they're, maybe they're trying to do both. I don't know, but uh, which you would think Apple would embrace the streaming services, right? You can already hook up uh, um, a DualShock Four and an Xbox One controller to like an Apple TV and a, uh, a an iPhone or an iPad and use it to play games. You would think that might encourage more people to buy iPads. Instead of a console, because then I could just buy an iPad and play Xbox games on there. I don't know. It, you would think Apple would be more supportive of stuff like this, because th- this benefits them, because people are going to be more willing to buy their stuff instead of going going out and buying a console. May- maybe I don't know. But I think the money's in the services. That's why I don't think they do that. I think that the real money, just like with Amazon, like you think that they'd want to do whatever to make more money in the store, but the store is a loss leader for them. Like the real money is in AWS and Amazon services and that kind of thing. Like Apple makes their money off of services. And so the phone is just the medium through which services are rendered. And so I can understand somebody not necessarily making the right call. Cause I, I agree with you. I think that they would, <clears throat> they would sell more hardware, which in turn gives them the opportunity. Cause Apple, Apple arcade, they're about to lock up into a bundle anyway that most people are going to get because it's not super expensive. So most people are just going to get that anyway. And so you'll get your Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade's trash, by the way. I, I pay for it. Um, there's nothing on it that's <laughs> like that. There's nothing that I'm like eager to play. Uh, there's a couple of games I download and I play occasionally if I'm waiting in the doctor's office and I don't have my iPad. So it's just not, uh, it's not worth it. But like you said, xCloud or like Anything really, anything is better than Apple Arcade. Anything. So, I think we might have to. We 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 may have to do another uh, episode just on, uh, I, oh, another episode on like the streaming services. Since Luna is coming out now, we have something more more to talk about. But uh, also, I I you know Microsoft's pushing X Cloud hard with the with the Game Pass Ultimate thing, and so I I wonder if Microsoft is going to become like the the standard as far as like the business model and now and i wonder if google's going to shift stadia into that kind of a business model or are they just going to stick to their guns and you know pitch stadia as like a in the cloud console or something like i don't i don't know well and there just to you know kind of add to that before we you know close out now they aren't the only cloud variants on the market you know you got your origin has their own cloud-based service uh, for EA Sports, and I played that, and especially now they've released their new beta in terms of their user interface. That stuff is great. They're releasing, you know, stuff like all the, you know, all the EA titles, 
Um, I got a chance to play beta of um, Star Wars Squadrons. Um, oh, yeah. At least that was that. Oh, dang, that's right. <laughs> I, I got EA Play too. Let me go ahead and download some stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's gonna be dope. Between that, I'm playing a trial of FIFA 2021 now. That's that's crazy. Is Star Wars so, Squadron I mean, reminiscent of of Rogue Squadron? Uh, for all, for what I've heard, I haven't played it yet, but yeah. from what I've heard, it's like one of the best Star Wars games. Yeah, it's it's probably the best Star know. Wars game. Yeah, and I mean, even better, like, you can you, you can play it in VR, and you can use a uh, a hotas, a ho- uh, um, like a a throttle stick, or whatever. And like, if you have VR and a hotas set up, oh, it's like the best thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but I think we also have to include platforms like that in that conversation. And when we do our, when we probably do our next show in regards to that topic, that's something we're going to have to cover because. Um, you know, a lot of these major, I mean, if you have other folks like EA and, and other software developers and game developers come out with their own platforms, that's a whole, that's a whole nother ball of wax. I know just talking in framework of Luna, you've already got um, game developers that are petitioning to have their own channels within Luna. Like I know Ubisoft already has one. Bethesda is probably going to have one. Um, uh, no, Bethesda is owned by Microsoft. They want, they're not going to get in there. Uh, well, actually, well, that that could be possible. I know prior to the purchase, that's what they were talking about. Um, but yeah, that may be on the shelf. Thanks, Dominic, for putting that. Out. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, that was that, one of the things that I thought was a weakness for them. But I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that. I think that's right. I think that's a really good good observation. Um, I think one of the other things that we're going to have to look at is just how receptive customers are going to be to another cloud gaming platform. You know, because a lot of people are already invested in Google Stadia. The folks that are with GeForce now or Xbox Cloud are already grandfathered in from being, you know, part of another fan base of, of video games. So, you know, the X Cloud folks, they already have Xbox experience. GeForce Now are normally PC players. Google Stadia is a little different. And Luna, Amazon Luna may be a little different, but people are so familiar with the Amazon brand that they're willing to give it a run. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting times on the, on the wild west of cloud gaming, you know? So it's, you know, we're going to see what it do when, when Luna drops. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. It'll, uh, I don't know, but we'll we'll see where we are like five years from now. Like, where, where what's the gaming la- landscape gonna be, uh, like five years from now? But on that note, uh, I think I hear my daughter calling me for some reason, but uh, <laughs> or she's no, she was calling my wife, but um, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have to to end it there because I we got to save the good stuff for for the next episode, but um. To that end, uh, the kids episode is still coming. Don't forget, uh, uh, probably in November, <laughs> um, maybe before Thanksgiving. I don't know, uh, but yeah, we can we can go ahead and get that in November. Um, don't forget to follow us on social media. Like I said, Twitter at Pack, not Pack, that's me at the Black Techies, uh, or you can if you want to follow me <laughs> at Pack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, shameless plug, right? <laughs> but uh, also, you know, there. Also, don't forget, we have a Facebook group called the Black Techies Collective. If you want to talk about all of this stuff? We have a very healthy uh, membership, by the way. Let me let me click over click over right quick. We have pushing about right. about three hundred, I think. Yeah, yeah, two hundred and forty-one so far. Uh, but yeah, if you want to go ahead and join, we talk about gaming, like anime, a whole bunch of stuff. Gaming um, technology, anime. Yeah. Yeah, just whatever you do, please don't come into the group advertising your own podcast or doing some other shenanigans that we're going to have to boot you for because we will boot you for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even critiques for, you know, for the podcast, we welcome that within reason as long as you're not making like, you know, personal derogatory attacks against against cast members. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 speaking of which. 
All right. If you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, like, like, pause this right now. Pause it right now. Yep. Right. Right now. Pause it. Go to uh, search for the Black Techies on iTunes. Leave a review and rate us. Like, do it right now. And so before you forget, do it right now. There's only we have seven seven ratings. We had a five star review. You know, shout out. But we only have one actual review for the podcast. So go leave a review and leave a star rating because not, not just because we want, you know, uh, people just to go do it randomly, but it helps us like get noticed. So the more people uh, watch and, or rate and review the podcast, the more iTunes were suggested to people like, Hey, you like all these other tech podcasts. What about the black techies podcast? Right? So, you know, I'm just saying, just, just, just do it right now. Like, while you're hearing me, pause it and, and go do it and then come back. Press play, and then you know, continue watching. Yeah, that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that pretty much goes for any any platform that that has our podcast, whether it's Stitcher, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Google Podcasts, you name it. You know, if there's a review system there, please give us a review. Oh, iTunes is probably more well known. <laughs> that's all. That's the only reason I say iTunes. <laughs> Most, most people listen to our podcast using Apple Podcasts, so based on the uh, the data that we get, <laughs> like over like seventy five percent of the people who who listen to this podcast have an iPhone. Apparently, they don't want to hear that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of that, let me. I, I'll go around and we uh, give a brief thirty seconds. Give you a lady last uh, last impressions before we before we go. Uh, Leslie, shoot. <laughs> Not impressed. New phones out. It's coming out in November. Y'all, if you're an Apple fan, go ahead and get it. You know you want it. Plus, it's cheaper. I'm not impressed by it. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> All right, Herb. Uh, any any wise words to leave us with? Uh, first, a real big hearty shout out to everybody that supported the Black Techies over the years. Um, you know, we we do this podcast for you. We really appreciate your support and your patrons, all the folks in the in the in the collective. You know, we love you guys, and we will continue pumping out content as long as you will continue listening to us. Um, to the folks that are running the MEAC Esports League, the SWAC, keep on doing your thing. Keep on doing the work. Your visibility is being noticed. Thank you for everybody that's listened to us and continue to listen. And I'll say one more thing before Dominique goes. So it has nothing to do with technology, but if you're into HBCUs, HBCU culture, and HBCU bands in particular, go subscribe to the HBCU band experience with Christy Walker. Go do it. Yes. Go subscribe to it. <laughs> so she just yes. came up with this podcast and it's great. Go listen to it. <laughs> Me and Dave are me and Dave are five fifth quarter alumni, and for folks that are familiar with HBCU culture, Christy Walker and Mike Lee are at, at the forefront of HBCU band culture. The fifth quarter is legendary in our circles. So please listen to what she has. She listen to what she has to say. You know she is a trailblazer. So support the podcast. Give her positive ratings. You know, clown on her because she went to AT, but don't. <laughs> Amen. And Amen. There you go. Don't, don't, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just give her, give her all the support, man, because she deserves it. Yep, yep. All right, all right, Dominique, go ahead and close this out. Yeah, so <clears throat> the, the election is soon. I need you guys to, everybody that's listening, talk to two or three people in your life and it doesn't matter who you're voting for that's not true but that's what i'm supposed to say um <laughs> i want you guys to get educated on not just who the presidential candidates are but who your mayoral and gubernatorial and all those people uh, there's a great website votesaveamerica.com it is left-leaning but it is they got all the information they got all the people's platforms uh with links to those websites uh, and and there's like sample ballots so you can see all of the measures that are on your ticket this this election uh, and how you can early vote and when you can early vote and all that and also make a plan guys don't wait till don't just say I'll wake up on November 3rd and go vote because a lot of y'all when y'all see them six hour lines are going to yeah. turn around and leave and that's your last day that's your last chance so if you're going to give it a couple tries then don't start November 3rd start October 25th right 
<clears throat> so make a plan, guys. Go out, everybody. Let's get out there. Let's get voting. Let's let's be uh, those guys. The man got him. <laughs> oh wait, did we lose him? We lost him. <laughs> oh, I do man. have one one more quick thing to say. Go like and support. Shameless plug. Like and support. Get rec tech support. We're trying to get more women in IT and gaming. And I'm trying to get the resources there. And I actually have an eight-part series coming out um, Halloween Day. Eight-part series video game console history. And it's anime. That was right. the, that's the issue with me uh, with me using my phone to do the podcast instead of my computer and a mic. So See? My bad, See? But See those iPhones, man. Those iPhones. I just it is. I said all I had to say. You know everybody go do your thing, and everybody try to do a good thing for somebody. There's a lot of people hurting out here in these streets. Uh, get out, do something for, nice for people, pay it for it, all that good stuff. But know that when you go to bed, every day you wake up, you are closer and closer to the orange dude not being y'all president. Not my president, he y'all president, but he closer and closer to not being y'all president as well. I'm a cyber citizen. Holla at y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, be safe, wear a mask, go vote in that order. Hail Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda. Hail Wakanda. Hail Wakanda.